0: Signs is spin, Williams is woes, but most importantly, Fernando's fastness. This is a WTF1 podcast. I am Kieran Oakes and I'm joined today by Hannah Atkinson. Hannah, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. So happy to be here talking about today. Today was very interesting. How did you find it?
0: Well, I just thought mainly it's nice to see cars on track. And this is what I would have said at testing. But now I'm going to say it's nice to see cars on track in a vaguely representative look at how they're going to fare this season. <laughs> yes. I think that is something that we have missed um, with testing. It's it's nice to see the cars going around, but really it's just a data gathering exercise. And whilst there are still elements of that for sure today, uh, day one of, um, well, FP1, FP2 at Bahrain for the Grand Prix this weekend... Um, it seems a little clearer. It seems like we're getting some genuine indicators now as to which cars are going to perform and which cars are struggling. Um, but before anything started today, before any cars on track, we had well, I'd like to say a surprising incident, but it's kind of the same incident that's been happening since the end of last season. Um, with Lewis Hamilton's jewelry once again being called into question. So um we had Mercedes saying that they they couldn't they couldn't say that Hamilton didn't have his jewelry in. Um, the FIA obviously not too happy about that, and then it turns out that he's got a, me- a medical exemption. Um, I think it's been upgraded from getting an infection; it's been upgraded now to physical deformity, uh, <laughs> yes. which I I don't have any piercings, Hannah. I don't know about you, but I, I don't about- have any either. Have you ever had one? Never. <laughs> so you've never been physically deformed, then? But I, I would imagine that's like a a, a, a standard terminology if you put in a hole in your ear. Probably, all you know's. Um, But it it feels kind of frustrating to see this coming up again. What what do you make of it generally?
1: I mean, I just feel like it's so silly. I mean, we're here, you know, watching F1 and what we're talking about is jewellery. I mean, it was a big thing last year and everyone, you know, was up in arms about it. And I get why. It's just an annoying thing to be talking about. Why is jewellery not allowed? Why isn't it allowed? You know, I mean, it feels so... Dumb, it's like Lewis Hamilton's bringing a doctor's note to the FIA. And it's like, I don't know if you, like when you were in school and like people had to cover their it e- like ears with plasters to cover their oh, piercings. Yeah. It feels like that, like Lewis is going to turn up with his nose with a plaster on. I don't know. It's just so silly. But I mean, I I think it's fair enough for Lewis to, you know, give the FIA this note to say, I, I can't take my nose, nose piercing out because of this. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Don't do it.
0: Well, it's it's a difficult one, I think, Um, because it it puts the the whole issue is in the middle of two things. The first thing is, how do the FIA enforce their rules, which is something we've seen difficulty with um, over the past couple of years. But we don't need to bring that up again. It's still all (laughs) we talk about. Um, But on the other hand is driver's personal freedoms. So we're talking about freedom of speech. We're talking about um, the ban on political and personal statements being made on track. And it feels like you can't, with this situation, it's bang in the middle of those two things. You sort of, you either allow the driver to express his personal freedoms. It's his body. He's a grown man. He knows the risks associated with that. And that's sort of what Naomi Schiff on Sky was talking about today is sort of feels like it's your body. It's your choice to do with it, what you want. And you're an adult. You understand the risks if there were to be a fire or whatever. Um, But equally, the FIA, if you make a rule, and you if you try and clamp down on something, one driver says, Oh, I can't do that because it would be a physical deformity. Then anyone could say that. And it's it's a really weird ground for them to be in because how did we how did the FIA come out of this with any respect? And I don't I think it's one of those things they just cannot win. And I think Hamilton kinds of kind of knows that. I noticed as well his helmet had the rainbow flag on today. Um which really shouldn't be considered, I don't believe, a personal or political statement. No, not but at all. I reckon in their eyes, potentially. Do you, do you get a feeling maybe Lewis is trying to set the marker down straight away this season, this is what I'm going to do and you're going to be okay with it? Or what, what vibe do you get from it?
1: Absolutely. I feel like he's just right off the bat saying, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm showing. Um, you know, in his helmet design, what he's wearing. I think that's a good place to be because you know if it was to happen midway through the season he could be pulled up on it and be like but you didn't do it before so just go back to that but if it's like you know first race this is how I'm going to be this is what I'm going to do I think that's a lot better
0: Mm. and well do you think he would have requested um four weeks ago he would have requested approval to wear the helmet or no (laughs) no not a chance (laughs) in hell absolutely not a chance um but let's talk about on track Mercedes, um, it's kind of been a weird day for them because I think we were all expecting generally that top three to be the same, possibly Mercedes at the back of that top three with Ferrari and Red Bull ahead of them, and they've kind of just been in the midfield, but not. It, it doesn't look disastrous at the same time. They've obviously sorted the poor Poison out. There's just maybe it's like high fuel runs. Maybe they're still testing certain elements of the car out and not giving it full beans at the moment but it's just it's just weird seeing them where they were but like obviously lewis faster than george today which after last year is kind of different it's kind of nice to see that in some ways but what, what do you make of their performance today anything capture it's fairly non-eye catching but did <laughs> no, anything catch your eye in the slightest
1: i mean i suppose like Going back to testing last week and how it's changed to the practice sessions today, I think when they got rid of porpoising, I was really excited for them. I thought as a team, they could really, you know, try and excel compared to how they did last year. I mean, I know it's only first and second practice, but it just doesn't seem to be like the porpoising has changed their performance that much in terms of how quick they are. And like you said, it looks like they're fighting with the midfield, which, I mean, I expected them to be P3 this season or higher, um, if they wanted to improve from last season, which is obviously what every team aims to do. But it just doesn't seem like tomorrow in qualifying, they're going to be that strong. Um, I hope that they are, but, you know, it looks like they're fighting with the the Alpines, the Aston Martins as well, which we'll go into in a sec. But yeah. Yeah, it's,
0: it is it is interesting because I think last year we sort of saw the no side pod, the no side pod concept and we thought, oh, that's interesting. But then obviously the porpoising wasn't really a result of that. It was about ride height and and things like that. Um, So they've obviously stuck with that concept for this year. So now with the no bouncing, we sort of thought, this is where the concept comes into its own. And if that was them trying in the same conditions as everyone else today to set the fastest laps, which I I don't think it was. I'll say that beforehand. But if that was a full-out, like all-out attempt prove themselves today maybe they have got the concept wrong and maybe they have made a mistake sticking with it because something is just not working
1: or maybe they're still sandbagging
0: <laughs> I th- yeah there's only so much longer we can use that isn't there i
1: know until tomorrow at 3 p.m precisely
0: but i think it, it possibly is one of the most exciting qualities of the season I, I guess it always is first quality of the season because that's where we really seem to come out to play and obviously It's a hot track. It's different surfaces. Like, not every car will suit this and they'll come alive in other races, but it's just hard to get excited about Mercedes at the moment. Um, And I did see a tweet saying that we're all just massive Mercedes fans, which was a new one. That's the first time I've seen that. Um, (laughs) I thought it was
1: Aston Martin last week.
0: Oh, it's everyone. It'll be Hass now that we're sponsored by (laughs) MoneyGram. Yeah. Um, We actually are now. (laughs) But um, yeah, I, I am interested to see where they come out tomorrow, but I'm not particularly hopeful. But maybe they're a team to watch the development for this season. Maybe they're a team who's going to bring it big in the upgrade department because they are playing catch-up. But that's enough about... Oh, sorry. No, it's not enough. Carry on.
1: (laughs) I have a feeling that this year we're going to see tension between George and Lewis. I don't know why. I just think possibly they're going to be more equal than they were last year. They were pretty equal last year, but I think that it's going to be tighter.
0: I it was one of my bold predictions. I thought this is a season that will sort of reminisce the Rosberg Hamilton era. Um mm, yes. N- not quite with the same history because obviously they grew up together Nico and Lewis racing against each other but George Russell is the type of guy who will suddenly after one good season and one race win go I'm leading this team now.
1: Yes. And yeah.
0: I honestly expect him to back it back that up with performances. If en- last year is anything to go by. I think it will get a bit nasty. And Lewis is sort of already intimated at that. He's kind of said in an interview, um, he's going to be more aggressive to George this season. And I personally cannot wait to see that.
1: I really didn't expect George to beat Lewis last year. I really didn't. I don't
0: think anyone did. But he's just like remarkable consistency. And I think people talked down the performance last year just based on, oh, well, Lewis was, Lewis was doing different setups early in the season. Mm-hmm. They get really sad about it, but George was just phenomenal. So yeah, Lewis was doing that, but don't take anything away from George's performance. But now we'll talk about a team who there's actually quite a lot to talk about. So I don't know, God, God knows how long this podcast is going to be now. <laughs> Aston Martin.
1: What is going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we were all branded as Aston Martin fans when we joined this company. And I am, I am. Hannah, you are also in yes in some respects. And I I have been really just lamping into that. I've been, that's not the right phrase, but I'll I'll move <laughs> with it. I said it confidently. I've been saying, Oh, yeah, Aston, both drivers top ten this season. Everyone's laughed at me. Dre's laughed at me. He's not here, so I'm gonna get this in. He said, absolutely no chances that are gonna happen. No chance that they're gonna be top six, he said at one point.
1: He will be editing this, though, so it might not make the cut. Well,
0: I'm, I've am i got the recordings. I'm keeping the receipts. <laughs> and then you've got FP2, Bahrain, Fernando Alonso, fastest lap. Hannah, what did, what did it feel like?
1: It was so good. I screenshotted the standings when he went P2 about five times, just to make sure that I got the screenshot. And then again today in FP2, P1. Sorry, how has this happened? In testing, they were obviously looking very strong. And I thought, oh, how long is this going to last? Is this just a testing kind of thing? I was like, okay, I'll wait until FP1. FP1, okay, Alonso, P2. Okay, okay, they're still looking strong. Don't want to get my hopes up, though. FP2, we'll see, we'll see. P1, I'm sorry. If they're still strong tomorrow, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is going to be phenomenal. And if he's going for pole, I I'm sorry, I don't know what to do with myself. That's insane.
0: I'll I'll strip naked. I, <laughs> I, will, I will strip naked and I'll do a podcast naked. Um no, I'll do a stream naked. If Alonzo is P1 tomorrow. I mean you obviously sat down.
1: as if that's something that you want.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, to be fair. I I've been kind of <laughs> I've been kind of rooting for that for a while now. Um it's just unbelievable. Like consider, and I feel like not enough has been really made of this um on the coverage so far. Where Aston Martin started last season and where they are now, obviously we saw massive amounts of um increase in performance towards the end of last year. And they look like a team on the up. We've been saying that all over the off season. I didn't think we th- I didn't think we thought they were this on the up. <laughs> it, it's absolutely remarkable. And when Alonso goes top, um, or when he was P2 consistently, you're sort of thinking, oh, okay, well, let's see what Lance does, because this just could be low fuel, you know. Car as light as possible in comparison to a very heavy Red Bull. But then Stroll puts it P one. Obviously, it didn't end up that way. Stroll P one before Alonso got onto P one, and this is Stroll who, I mean, we'll get onto this in a second. But this isn't a fully fit Lance Stroll. Like I think we can fully see that from what's happened today. But it's genuinely remarkable. There was no no one else was even three tenths off uh, Max Verstappen in second, and Alonso was ahead. Now, sure, this might not be full race pace. Like The Red Bull might be way more consistent. But if you're Aston Martin, you're looking already, your ambition has to be fourth in a championship, if not third, tangling with Ferrari and Mercedes every now and again, maybe even a Red Bull. Like It's just incredibly exciting. And I kind of feel bad for Lance because we've had the first inklings today that he's not not 100% by any means. And we sort of expected that. Um, but what did you make of the, the radio message where he said he basically couldn't turn the steering wheel enough into, t- into turn one?
1: Yes, I mean, I did think that was quite shocking, actually, because I don't know how last minute the decision was to put him in the car. I'd be really interested to know. I don't think we're going to find out. But if it was so last minute, it, I don't know, it seems like if you want to drive the Aston Martin car for the race or quality or anything, you need to be able to turn the car. And if he really is in that much pain, I don't see how it's going to work, especially long distance for the race. Is that going to last? Is he, is it? I just don't know how he's going to do it. And I didn't realize the extent of his injuries. I didn't realize he had broken his wrist and had surgery And I feel like that's quite a big thing to happen. I don't know how long ago the accident happened, but if it did happen um, around the time where the news broke, that's really not long at all, surely.
0: Well, I mean, there is something very bizarre, isn't there, about the secrecy around this? Something doesn't feel completely right.
1: Maybe it happened two months ago.
0: (laughs) And it was like he fell out of a helicopter or something. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But sh- I don't know much about broken wrists, but surely they take a long time to heal, longer than a week, no? Well, I was
0: like fairly confidently last week being like, yeah, he's probably not going to be in for and telling all my friends, like, oh, I'm in the know, he's probably not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. And then I see him top in FP2 at one point, point. I'm going, oh, my word, I am aroused. <laughs> There's only one way to put it.
1: I mean, the fact that he can't, he had to take his hand off the top of the steering wheel when he was turning into turn one just shows that I don't think, He's fit enough, but... Well,
0: it's I, like it's like pushing the wheel, isn't he? We saw yeah. like Anthony Davidson was going into this on Sky. He's like pushing the edge of the wheel, yeah. which is, for those of you who don't drive, not really how you do it.
1: That's how I was driving when we carted the other day, I have to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, just fully put any force you can onto, into direction. But yeah. I, I think taking that into account, his performance today was incredible.
1: That's a really good point, and I didn't think about that before. He was still... You know, definitely in the top 10. And he, it's like P6. you said, he, yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it, it's looking pretty good. And I think that goes to show how strong the Aston Martin is with a, a not fully fit Lance Stroll. To put it, P6 is is very good.
0: I think it's also worth, like, to the naysayers, because I see so many, especially in our work Slack channel, so many <laughs> sly comments about he's going to get absolutely scored by Alonso this season. And yes, Alonso is looking somehow the best he ever has, even like in World Championship winning um, seasons. He's just looking phenomenal at the moment. But he's five tenths off and he can't take turn one leading into turn two the way that he wants. He physically cannot do it. He must be in a lot of pain. I think he might be proving a lot of people wrong this season. Uh, this is what look. This is one of those things you say that it comes back to really bite you in the arse. Yeah, someone but, clip it. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're not even on Twitch, so that can't happen.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, good we'll just, point. Someone, someone record the audio. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just keep listening to podcast and I'll say loads of things like this until things go downhill. But <laughs> at the moment, for Aston Martin, in summary, amazing.
1: Overall as well, even their pit stops were looking phenomenal. Mm. The mid 2.5 seconds kind of time, they looked really good.
0: You couldn't ask for any more. If if you were Lawrence, go on, Big Daddy Lawrence. You were doing fantastic work. And a team who were also looking very strong, but it's a bit less surprising, Red Bull. Um, mm. But maybe not quite as strong as they were last week. And confidence seems to have waned a little bit. Um, do you get that vibe as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a surprise to me that they topped the timesheets. Well, not in FP2, but in FP1. Um, never going to stop talking about that Alonso P1. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a shock to me. But it was a little bit of a shock that they didn't seem as dominant as they were in testing. I think they looked so strong in testing, and I just assumed that that would be the case for for Bahrain and you know for the races to come. But so far for this race weekend, the Ferraris, the Mercedes, the Aston those kind of teams look closer to the Red Bulls than I thought they might be.
0: Yeah, because Max was sort of saying something feels a little bit different. And I'm trying to think where that difference could have come from, because they look so solid, so just consistently good. Max in an interview this week saying the car is just stronger everywhere than last season. (laughs) So what could have changed? Maybe they were running lower engine modes, maybe they were sandbagging during testing. And then a problem a full blast has appeared. Um, We don't really know at the moment. And it's. I'm sure this is one of those things we're focusing on because it gives us false hope of maybe a closer season. Um, And Red Bull, they are going to be affected a bit in development this season. So maybe if they start a little bit ahead of everyone, there's room for catch-up. But if Red Bull start miles ahead of everyone, then no one's going to catch them, even with these development penalties. But... I think we're all a little bit hopeful, with no disrespect to Red Bull, that things aren't completely right and don't work 100 percent of the time, and they aren't as fast as we thought they were going to be, because it just would make for an incredible season. Um, and we'll sort of we'll tie in Ferrari to this as well, because you mentioned them already. Uh, kind of fine today. Yeah, it's just uh, a bit bit
1: average, really.
0: Yeah, sort of running through notes. Just didn't really have much to say. I mean, obviously, signs had a little uh, incident, a little spin. The same place Oscar did in testing. Um, There's a bump there that is not kind to some of the cars. Um, And you've got Leclerc. He's up there.
1: (laughs) There's really not much to say, is there?
0: No. And I get the impression things are a little bit more relaxed around Ferrari now. They're sort of being a bit more pragmatic about what they can achieve. Um, Because last season, obviously, you go into it looking like that with a car that looked like that. And you go, oh, we can win this and they were let down. So maybe mm. everyone's expectations have been dampened a little bit within the team. So there's less panic. There's less stress. Um, seems like Vasseur is making appointments that are logical, like bringing in, I can't remember his name, um, the guy in charge of strategy now. Mm. Um, I really should have remembered that. Oh, well. But he's sort of incredibly intelligent guy. And it's that sort of movement. You, you kind of... I think Ferrari would take this being a comfortable season where maybe they're finishing P2 again, but they're laying foundations for future seasons.
1: Yeah, I think Ferrari, they're definitely looking like a top three team in terms of what we've seen in testing and practice. But maybe when the races actually kick off, like you said, they've got a new you know, person in charge of strategy and maybe... Obviously, strategy let them down in 2022. So perhaps in 2023, that could be something that could bring them closer to the Red Bulls when it comes to racing. So I'm excited to see how that goes. But at the moment, from seeing them in testing and practice, they just look kind of similar to where they were last year. But the Red Bulls seem to have um, just gone further than they have.
0: Absolutely. And I, I would just mention his name is Ravin Jane. Um, Nice. Just to give him full credit because he seems like a very impressive man. Did you know Netflix has different content libraries in every country? But without a VPN, you only get access to a fraction of that based on your location. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix or other streaming websites to think you're located. ExpressVPN has blazing fast speeds, allowing you to stream in HD with zero buffering. And it's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com wtf1. That's expressvpn.com wtf1 to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So we maybe shot ourselves in the foot a little bit because we've talked about sort of everyone at the top of the table. Um, now let's move on to the more depressing side of things if you are a fan or a member of those teams. And one of the interesting ones is Alpine, who are finding themselves seemingly struggling today. Um, they didn't look that great in testing. And after a season last year where they genuinely looked like they could be pushing for the podium, uh, well, not not consistently, but a few races that season, What's happened? They just don't seem to be anywhere near the mark this year.
1: I've got no idea. It feels like there's nothing to pinpoint as well as a specific problem that's, you know, really affecting them. I just, they just don't seem competitive. I really thought going into this season that they'd be fighting for P4. I think most people expected that because of how strong they were last year, Um, but Looking, looking at them in testing and and these practice sessions, they just don't seem strong. They seem like they're fighting for the lower half of the midfield with the McLarens and and stuff like that. What do you think?
0: I honestly don't know. It's a, it's a really interesting one. I'm sure um, if this performance were to continue over the weekend and the race ultimately saw them in the bottom bottom half of the table, then I think questions would be asked very quickly, and we would maybe get more technical insight as to what's going wrong. Um, it can't just be that that pink car's got more paint on it than some of the others. It's it's really hard to say. Like, Like you mentioned, there's no obvious problem. You've got two drivers who are experienced. They are fast. We've seen them both get a shock win. Like, these are guys who can drive a car in Pierre and Esteban. And something's just not clicking, but I think it's just gone under the radar because everyone, like you said, had safely assumed... Solid fourth place. I, I had, I was guilty of that myself. I thought after last year, yeah, who's going to challenge him? And it looks like they're in a fight with McLaren again, as it stands, but just nowhere near where it was last year.
1: They have swapped places with Aston and Haas. It seems.
0: Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. I, I, I really don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. And while you mention them, let's talk about Haas. They've got. Um, I'm just the king of a natural segue. It really, <laughs> you is really are. to watch. Um, Haas, interesting. Looking interesting. They've got a car that's obviously got a bit of pace in it. And Nico Hawkenberg's come in strong, seemingly. Kevin, not so much. He's been a bit off the pace today.
1: Yeah. After the uh, after testing when we filmed the podcast, I said I was really excited to see Haas. And part of me kind of thought that that feeling would die down as soon as this race weekend kicked off. Because I kind of didn't really believe that they had improved as much as they Look, as it looked like it they had in testing but actually i feel like they still look pretty quick and i am still so excited to see how they perform tomorrow and for the race like you said magnussen didn't really seem like he was as quick as hulkenberg today but something's telling me that that's not a true reflection of his actual performance i think i think hulkenberg and magnussen i'm really excited to see i think it's going to be closer than ever between the two of them i'm really struggling to pick one person about who I think will perform better. I think they're both so equal and I'm so excited to see how they do for this Sunday and who comes out on top. Um, But they just look really promising, which I don't think I would ever say about Haas, but here I am.
0: Thanks to our new friends at MoneyGram. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree with you. I I don't think Magnuson's pace today is a reflection of performance. He was definitely having... Uh, issues with weight distribution, they were messing around with that in practice. Um, but still, fr- from sort of a moral point of view, uh, by which I mean morale, uh, two very different <laughs> words. Yes. From, a, from a morale point of view, I'm sure Kevin would want to be seeing himself a little closer on that timing screen, um, to Nico. But I think they've sort of made it very clear that all this an- anonymity they've experienced in the past between each other is just water under the bridge. They're like the two guys. They're getting on a bit now. Um, well, I'm also feeling like I'm getting on a bit. But, you know, in Formula One terms, they're more seasoned.
1: As Nico said in the press conference, hugging and tugging, which is great.
0: He is a truly bizarre man. Uh, when I was <laughs> making a driver video, a driver facts video, which you can watch on the WTF1 YouTube channel, by the way. Um, and I just I read an interview with him in 2017, and some of his answers are just bizarre. But he can drive a car, I think. It's unfair, like Naomi Schiff today was talking about, oh, well, he's the driver with the most points without a win, like most race starts without a uh, podium. But that first stat, like the most points without a win, how many drivers would kill to have the amount of points in Formula 1 that Nico Hülkenberg's got? I, I think he's a good driver, and if he's in the right machinery, who knows? And that the Haas, it's it looks like it's got something in it. I don't know if that'll last the season. I don't know if it will continue on that sort of trajectory, if it'll improve or it'll kind of drop off like last year, but I guess we'll find out. Um, And it was
1: great seeing Hulkenberg temporarily, may I add in P1 in FP2.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) He he may have been the only one on softs at the time, but by God, he nailed it.
1: Oh, who cares? Who cares? (laughs)
0: Um, And we'll talk about another team who we kind of were a bit down on last week. I think everyone was, uh, which is McLaren. And... It maybe seems today things aren't quite as bad as we had made out and everyone in the media had made out. But still, Zach Brown not seeming very optimistic, saying they'd be lucky to get into Q3 this weekend, I think he said. Um, and also, you see, seen Piastri have a few struggles today, sort of going off track, struggling to keep on the line. And he still looks like he's wrestling that car around. Like, Lando seems to be doing Lando things and just making anything work for him. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, what what did you make of McLaren out there today, Hannah?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one because obviously we've got Norris and P4 in FP1, but I'm still finding it difficult to actually get on board with that because of how bad they looked in testing. I mean, when are we allowed to stop saying, but you can't know for sure because the team's not giving us their full potential? Is it quali tomorrow? Because I'm so bored of saying it already, but I just really don't know where McLaren are at. I don't know if they're as bad as they look or if they're still... Just not quite getting to grips with the new car and and the changes that they've made. I just I've got no idea what to think about McLaren, but my opinions keep swaying from like oh they could actually be really good, not really good, but like they could be better than what we're seeing, or actually they're just looking pretty rubbish. And maybe twenty twenty four is their year.
0: Well, what we've heard is that they've got a major upgrade package coming. It yeah. seems like a, for the last few months they've known this car wasn't going to be where they wanted it to be. So we're already working on the development. Um, potentially coming in around Baku um, which isn't that far away this season so if they can sort of limp through maybe get a few points on the board um, you'd look to Lando for that obviously Oscar needs a bit more time to adjust but um, maybe we could see big improvements from them they're the only team so far that have said yeah we've got a lot on the way um, but yeah it's, it's it will still be disappointing for them to see where they're at the moment I think Zach Brown has made that very clear. It'll also be very disappointing for Williams and Alpha AlphaTauri, who, let's face it, are at the bottom.
1: Last week, when we did our um, post-testing podcast, I put Williams at P5 as my prediction for this season, and I am think- so... What? regretting that I don't know what I was thinking what was going through my mind I think I was just feeling a bit spontaneous you know bit crazy there's absolutely no way and I retract that statement I just want to clarify that
0: I mean not sorry not that I don't watch and listen to all of our content but that's ab- <laughs> that's absolutely mad
1: I don't know why I did it but I think I, was, I mean I had to do the predictions like five minutes before we hit record so I think I was just hurrying and thought why the hell not and then when i said it out loud i thought "Mm, maybe not but i just had to stick with it in my mind
0: (laughs) so what was the rest of your order do you remember
1: uh i have it in front of me it was alfa romeo alfa Tari, mclaren alpine hass williams aston martin mercedes ferrari red bull it has changed since then, so don't. That's not what I believe now. But that is the last-minute predictions that I gathered before last week's podcast. Yay! Wow.
0: What? What? What had you seen to make you believe that would be the case?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I, I was just feeling hopeful. I think, I think, um, Logan Sargent seemed to not be doing too bad in testing. So I thought he's not doing too bad. P five constructors. You know, that's how it worked out in my head.
0: <laughs> Fair but enough.
1: From today. I mean, I don't think Williams are looking very strong. They're definitely looking like the back of the pack. Um, I can see that now. Um, I do not put them P5 anymore. Um, I think you'll be glad to know.
0: Oh, I think it would also be fair to say potentially Alfa Romeo have moved up as well from your P. Yes, yeah. Where would you put them now? How do you, how do you think they've been doing um, so far this weekend?
1: I think they're also another team that have just been pretty quiet. Just like Ferrari, we were saying earlier, there's not much to say. I just think there's not much to say, but they're looking like definitely the bottom end of the midfield for me. They don't seem as bad or as slow as the Williams and the AlphaTauri, but I don't see them as competitive against you know, the, the Haas or the McLaren even. So for me, it's definitely just not very interesting for today. What do you think?
0: I, I would kind of agree. And I think obviously this is kind of skewed by what we see on um, Sky's coverage of this. Like we can only really go off at this point what we are shown and they didn't really feature that heavily. I think Joe's looking fairly impressive when you're comparing him to Valtteri, um, which we kind of thought at the end of last year and it seems to be a trend that's continuing this year. But I guess it depends on what the season's looking like for Alfa Romeo because last year they came in with the lightest car, grabbed some points early on and just wrote off the rest of the season. And that did them all right. Um, but if this is a season where they're looking to develop strongly throughout, then if they're around P12, P13 come Sunday and then there's major improvements, then it could be, could be a decent looking season for them in comparison to what we might have expected because I, for one had kind of written them off and put them in with the um Williams and with the Alpha Tauri. Um yeah, Alpha Tauri kind of it's it's another one just a lot of nothing really. We saw Yuki uh, faster than Nick today, um which did surprise me a little bit. I know it's he's had obviously more experience in the car um and I'm in a Formula 1, but um other than that any strong feelings about Alpha Tauri today Hannah?
1: Oh no strong feelings at all. <laughs> Any feeling I have towards them is very mediocre just because we haven't seen much. It's just they just don't seem very very fast at all definitely um amongst teams like the Williams. They just were very <laughs> nothing. They were just nothing happened surely. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. I'm sure I,
1: Pierre I, is is happy about his, his transfer, but though, by the way.
0: I think he's happy about his transfer, but maybe not quite as happy as he hoped he <laughs> would be at this point. Um but we've talked about predictions. Let's do I I'm, I'm just doing this off the cuff. I'm that kind of guy. You can't stop me. Let's predict our starting the front two rows for um the race. So top four in quality tomorrow. Who are you going with?
1: I'm gonna go for Max P1. I'm gonna go for hmm, do, it, do, ooh, it. do it Alonso P two
0: nice. I'm
1: gonna go for oh I think I'm just gonna play it safe and go for Perez P three, and then potentially a shock Lewis P P four.
0: Interesting, interesting. What
1: about I'm
0: you? I'm gonna I'm gonna go in reverse order to build the tension.
1: Oh okay.
0: P four, Charles Claire. Fair fair. P three. George Russell.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: P2, Max Verstappen.
1: Oh, I know exactly who your P1 is.
0: I'm going Fernando Alonso. I just like, look, this is based on feelings, emotions, and evidence now. Yeah. And I just think if anyone is looking so comfortable in their car at the moment, it's Fernando. And this isn't about race pace. I'm not talking about winning the race. He can just, that car has a lap in it that is just phenomenal. And yes, we've not seen the Red Bull yet at that level. Uh, we, I don't I don't believe we've seen them running exactly the same way Aston were running today. But what if they were? What if that I, I just look, if it's gonna happen at any point in this season, I think this is the weekend. So yeah, I'll put my neck on the line and I'll say Fernando Pole wow. tomorrow. Um well, we've got that to look forward to, haven't we? I hope to be proven correct.
1: We can hope. Um, we can hope.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's about time we wrap it up, because um, we've been talking for quite a while now. And I don't know about you, Hannah, I've had a bloody lovely time.
1: Yes, it's been great. It's been great.
0: Uh, well, great. Not quite as enthusiastic as me, but it's okay. We <laughs> move. Um But thank you very much for listening. Uh, check out our YouTube videos. They're still good, I promise. Uh, we could do with all the subscribers we can get. After FP2 on Fridays, after Quali on Saturdays, and after the race on Sundays, we'll be doing a live show reacting to everything that's happened that day on our YouTube channel at WTF1. It's not got an app there, but I just threw that in because I'm an idiot. But that'll be enough for today. Thank you for joining me, Hannah.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's okay. We're literally paid to be here. (laughs) And hope you enjoyed listening. See you soon.
1: Bye.